0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton.
1: You're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School.
0: Welcome back. This is the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. This is your host, George Perry. Now we're going to go back to more traditional sports Uh, most specifically the Premier League Soccer on NBC. And we'd like to bring back a guest who has been on the show before, and we are so glad to have him back, John Miller, President of Programming at NBC Sports. John, welcome back to the show.
1: Great, thanks. Thanks, George. Good to be with you.
0: So last time we talked about hockey, this time we're going to talk about soccer. Uh, But before we get there... Uh, for those uh, listeners that haven't um, uh, heard you on the show before, if you wouldn't mind just giving a brief background and, and how you came to your role here at NBC Sports.
1: Sure. So uh, I've been with I've been in the NBC Sports Group now for about uh, thirty years. Um, was in sales, uh, sold for NBC in a variety of different areas inside the group. Sold network sports, moved over to programming and have been doing programming uh, ever since. Um, Worked uh, under Dick Ebersol for his entire tenure at NBC. And then um, when Comcast acquired NBC in 2011, uh, we brought together NBC Sports as well as the Golf Channel and a 24-hour cable sports network called Versus, which we uh, stripped down, rebranded, and relaunched as NBCSN or the NBC Sports Network. And our team um, manages close to 10,000 hours of programming a year uh, on both NBC, NBCSN, as well as a lot of the programming that coexists with Golf Channel that filters over to NBC. Um, And, you know, that includes everything from the Premier League, which is what we're going to talk about today, to Olympic programming, to Sunday night football, to the NHL, NASCAR, IndyCar. Uh, triple Crown horse racing in the Breeders' Cup, the French Open, Notre Dame football—it's a pretty um, diverse lineup of, uh, of properties.
0: Fantastic! Thanks for that overview. And um, so, as we mentioned, you know, it's, it, I always I find it interesting that um, that we're actually talking about the Premier League on NBC Sports because obviously the Premier League is a, a European league, and and uh, but it's being showcased on an American network. How did this come about? Um, you know, how did you guys kind of zero in on? Hey, this is this is the 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 the, lot, the soccer that we need to to be showing on on American television.
1: Well, that's a good question. So in 2012, when we rebranded and relaunched NBCSN, at the time, really did not have a strong lineup of sports programming. They had some Tour de France, a little bit of hockey, um, and unfortunately, that was kind of the limitations of of where we were we had a lot of uh hunting and fishing uh we had some you know manufactured shows like the to show and stuff like that but nothing that you would really kind of put up there as a strong brand um i had become familiar with premier league soccer largely through my uh at that time 18 year old son robbie who was a huge uh premier league fan and when I would leave on a Saturday morning early to go play golf, um, I would try to sneak out of the house, and he would already be downstairs uh, getting ready to watch a uh, an English Premier League game. And he would have friends coming over, and I would say to him, I said, "What are you? You, know, you didn't get home till late last night. What are you doing up at eight? You know, you're 18 years old. Isn't this when you guys are supposed to sleep in?" And he would say, "No, Tottenham is playing, or United's playing, or." you know, one of the other, you know, great Premier League teams were playing. Um, and I was, like, blown away by the dedication and the passion that these young men were, were showing and focusing on for this property. And then I slowly, you know, did my homework, had a lot of conversations with different folks, uh, both inside the industry but also with the Premier League, realized what we could do for it, realized that even though the Premier League had only been around as a league at that time for 22 or 23 years, um, that we were uniquely positioned to give them a launching pad in the U.S. as well as a major promotional uh, boost um, to, to really put them into a different kind of level, as it were, uh, from where they've been. Um so that's kind of how we got started. We met with uh, Richard Scudamore and his team throughout the summer of 2012. And when the time to, to make a bid came, uh, we were there. And uh, I guess the rest is history. And we've been very fortunate. Our first deal was a three-year deal. And we've subsequently done uh, a six-year extension, which, as you know, in the Premier League is very rare. Most of these contracts are only...
0: Three-year deals. Wow, it's that's. I mean, it's obviously a lot of foresight there. I think um, uh, you know most people uh, in the U.S. are used to the best players in the world playing in a U.S. league, whether it be the NFL or the NHL or so on and so forth. So uh, the fact that that uh, the audience is kind of taken to the the best players in the world being being from Europe uh, is is quite a difference and, and a leap of faith. I think uh, probably on on your part. Um, the the you mentioned that it was your eighteen year old that kind of uh, caught your attention. You know, got you saw the interest to his interest. Is is it a younger audience that t- typically is watching this, or has some of the the more? I tr- think
1: it's. I think it's it's a primarily a bit of a younger audience. It's a very desirable audience for advertisers and distributors because they're well educated, they have good solid incomes, they're passionate fans, they are uh, they're de- very demanding fans. But I think that yeah for Compared to a lot of the other properties out there, the average age of a Premier League viewer is around 37, 38 years old, whereas a baseball viewer um, is close to 60 years old. And an NFL viewer is in the high 50s. So this is a much younger, skewing audience.
0: Very interesting. Um, the, um, so t- can you tell us a little bit then about, okay, what is what is the nature of the relationship? How many games, uh, when do these games typically air? Uh, that that type of those type of details
1: well the Premier League is, as you know is a table league it doesn't have a playoffs or a championship
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there are 20 teams each team plays the other team twice one home one away so every team plays 38 games um, so that's a total of 380 games available uh, for us over the course of the season and we split those and divide those games up among NBC Broadcast, um, uh, NBCSN, the sports network. will take some overflow games and put them on CNBC. We put um, all those games are in a um, digital package at TV Everywhere, um, you know, package where all you need to do is have an authenticated uh, subscription to NBCSN and NBC, and you'll get all those games. And then we put about additional 130, 140 games into a gold package um, that it allows you to buy and see every Premier League game out there. Um, in addition, on the final Sunday of the year, where all 10 games take place at the same time, we do something very unique in that we show all 10 games simultaneously on the different networks of NBC. Uh, that's not something that's done in any other sport. Um, they intentionally have all those games take place at the same time, um, and you were able to show those on 10 different NBC uh, universal television networks.
0: So you're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 132. We're speaking with John Miller of NBC Sports, and most specifically we're really focused on the Premier League on NBC Sports, which will be debuting uh, this weekend, I believe, correct?
1: Our first game is Friday at 3 o'clock. And we actually have our entire talent team uh, over in the U.K. right now, and they will be broadcasting live from there on weekend, uh, all weekend. There are – we have three opening. We have three days of coverage Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we will have talent on site at Old Trafford uh, for the Manchester United game. We'll have talent at Wolverhampton uh, for their first game back in the Premier League. We'll have our talent at Newcastle for the Newcastle-Tottenham uh, game, and we'll also have talent at Emirates for the Arsenal game on Sunday. You know, in addition, George, every one of our weekends, we surround the Premier League programming with extensive pregame and postgame studio programming. Um, we also have a standalone show called Men in Blazers, which provides an entertaining and humorous look each week at the Premier League. And then we have a lot of documentary and magazine-style programming that we've created, whether it's Behind the Badge, Premier League Download, the Pundits Exchange, uh, you name it. And we introduced something new this past year called the Premier League Fan Festival, which we did in New York, which was hugely successful, uh, which we're going to be doing again this year. We'll have more details on that in the weeks ahead.
0: Wow! So clearly, you've gone from probably broadcasting a few games and a little bit of shoulder programming to to a whole uh, host of, of soccer programming uh, just around this one property. Um, the, you mentioned the uh, the uh, how people can watch it, and you've got the the cable and, and the uh, TV everywhere, and the Gold Pass uh, NBC Gold is that is that a new element, and and was that for new content? Or oh, no, are some of the games. Done,
1: we, we started that last year because we okay. only really we only have the capacity to show about two hundred and fifty of the games on a linear basis. You know, the Premier League is very smart. They put all of their games into defined windows every weekend. So your team either plays at, at you know twelve thirty on Sun on Saturday, at three o'clock on Saturday, or at five thirty and then on Sunday they play at 8.30 or 11 o'clock. They'll do the occasional uh, game now and then on a Friday or a Monday. But for the most part, those windows are consistent every week. It's not unlike the way the NFL does NFL football with 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock on a Sunday, 8.30 on a Sunday night, and 8.30 on a Monday night. So what ends up happening is, is that you've got 10 games every weekend, Five of those games usually are being played in that three o'clock window, um, which is called the club window. That equates to ten o'clock in the morning here in the U.S. So since we can only show one of those games on NBCSN and maybe another game on CNBC, that will leave three or four games that are not we're not being televised, and so we put those games into the gold package for those fans of those teams who really want to see those games. Um, it's, uh, it's a it's a very good deal. I think it's uh, around $5 a month, and you get to see your team a minimum of four times in that gold package.
0: And and then can uh, people see that gold package at commercial establishments as well, pubs, restaurants, et cetera?
1: This year, for the first time, yes. You will be able to see those games at commercial establishments.
0: Fantastic. Um, so... Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, the ratings or or the reach and and how they've they've kind of grown over the years? Clearly they must be growing if you're continuing to add content.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, last year we achieved an audience of 39 million viewers, which is three times the number when we took it over in 2013. Uh, So clearly it's been successful for us, and it's been enormously successful for the Premier League and all of those teams, but also all of those fans.
0: And then, um, and do you see this as a, as a correlation with kind of the growth of interest in soccer in general in the U S as well, or is this just well, unique I think to this it's, property?
1: We've been helped in certain ways. I mean, there's a great story with the women's national team winning the world cup. I mean, that's a, that's a huge story and they continue to provide, you know, great competition. But I think that, People in America, I feel, want to watch the best of the best. Um, much like the best basketball in the world is played in the NBA, the best hockey in the world is played in the NHL. Obviously, the best baseball and football, you know, for my way of thinking, comes from Major League Baseball and the NFL. I believe the best soccer in the world, top to bottom, comes out of the Premier League. And it's while it may be tough to gauge. You know how you value that. What I would give you as a as a benchmark is that we're coming off we're starting a, a Premier League season now, coming off the World Cup, just like we did in 2014. Uh, but there were more Premier League players in the World Cup semifinals than in any other soccer league, more than 40, and there were more than 100 Premier League players in the World Cup overall, and that's more than any other league as well. So clearly, the best players. Um, Are coming from the Premier League, are coming from these different countries to play in the Premier League, and it's reflected in the quality of play on the pitch.
0: And and speaking of so that you've got these star players, but you also have these big name teams like Manchester and Tottenham and all that. Are you do you guys typically mark? Are you marketing the teams or or the players, or kind of a combination of both?
1: We we come we market the quality of the play. We market the teams. You know. One of the things, George, that you have here in the U.S., the benefit that we have is that there's no hometown team. So every team has a following. Now, Manchester United and Tottenham and Arsenal may have more following than, say, Fulham does or, or, some, or Everton or some of the lesser teams, but that doesn't negate the amount of attention we'll pay to all the teams. And we will promote the sport and we'll tell stories and we'll cover every team and every game in all of our shoulder programming.
0: Well, wow. and I got to ask though, because they have this thing over in uh, Europe called—they uh, have relegation in the Premier League as well. I may be. Yes, that's how. That's yeah. what
1: a table league is. So the bottom okay. three teams get knocked out, and then three new teams came in, and that's what happened this year.
0: So do you sit around and worry that, or, or is it just not a possibility that a, that a Man U or Arsenal or somebody like that gets relegated? I mean that that wouldn't be a sure, good thing for you. Sure.
1: <laughs> it's certainly, it's certainly possible, but you know the way these teams are constructed and the way they're success is and the way they're able to go out and get the best players it's highly unlikely that you're going to see those teams do it but what you do see is you see a team like Leicester city two years ago who came out of nowhere who was a five thousand to one shot um come and win the premier league going away that's the kind of interesting thing that can happen with this kind of a league
0: you know, speaking of five thousand to one shot, um, you know, gambling is is going to become more. Sports gambling seems to become more and more uh, prevalent here in the U.S. and legal. Um, and and Europe has typically gambled a lot. Is that is that a is there a big proponent there of gambling? And and do you have uh, uh, advertisers or partners that that are that are that are promoting kind of their gambling sites and things like that?
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing is in the U.K. now you can already bet on games. You can bet on Premier League games. In fact, you can bet on Premier League games at the game. They actually have betting windows at the game where you can go and bet on the game and on the outcome, et cetera. So there's already a, um, a very good prototype for gambling when it comes to the Premier League, and certainly we're not going to shy away from talking about it, um, and as gambling becomes more and more accepted and prevalent in um, mainstream media here in the U.S., we'll Obviously, find the right ways to, to showcase that,
0: and and then when you're covering covering the sport, um, and, and clearly as the sports grow grows, you're going to get maybe more and more casual fans. Is there a difference to catering to kind of the uh, the, the hardcore fan versus the the casual fan?
1: Well, that's the great thing. We have an unbelievably you know talented producer in Pierre Musa, who has been our Premier League producer from day one, and he's made this his own. He's a very talented producer, and director, by the way. But one of the great things about Pierre is that he's assembled an unbelievably great team of talent um, that really communicates well to the new fan and is very welcoming to the new fan, but at the same time doesn't talk down or is in any way condescending to existing fans. And that's one of the things that I think um, has done so well for us. When we first got the Premier League, we launched a very creative campaign around Ted Lasso that showed that we were not afraid to poke fun at ourselves either. And I think that got us a lot of acceptance early on, and we've built on that.
0: Fantastic. Well, we have a a time for one or two more questions here, a couple minutes left. Um, What what are you looking forward to this season uh, with NBC Sports coverage of the Premier League?
1: I'm looking for us to continue to grow the game. We've made it a real day part on Saturday mornings now that people – will set their, their watches and have breakfast with their kids or their parents or their grandparents uh, around this game. You know, this was a day part Saturday mornings, which had always been for cartoons or infomercials or other types of shows. <laughs> now we routinely get 750,000 to a million people watching on a Saturday morning. So I'm looking forward to seeing us continue to grow, to continue to, to help the Premier League get bigger here. I'm excited about Fulham. Uh, getting promoted and coming back into the league. The owner of the Fulham team is Shad Khan, who also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Fulham is one of these great old London teams. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they compete this year. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how we build out on the success we had last year of the Premier League Fan Festival and possibly looking to bring it to other venues.
0: Fantastic. I guess the last question: You got any predictions? Uh, you know, is there is there a five thousand to one shot uh, odd shot that I should be betting on?
1: No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be presumptuous to tell you who to bet on. But I'm a Tottenham <laughs> fan, and I'm excited about Tottenham moving into a new stadium this year. Uh, I love to watch Harry Kane. I think he makes all the players around him better, and so that's the team that I follow. But you know, it's going to be pretty hard to argue with Arsenal this year. They've gone out and made. Some huge investments in talented players. They have a new coach. Arsene Wenger is uh, is gone after 22 years. So I think there's so many great storylines this year for the Premier League that the casual fan is going to have all kinds of things he can wrap his arms around.
0: Fantastic. Well, John, thank you very much for joining us today and giving us all that great information on the Premier League on NBC Sports. We look forward to having you back again on the show another time.
1: Anytime, George. I, I really enjoy it. Thanks for everything.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 132. Join us again next Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern. This is George Perry signing off. See you next week. Join us next week for another edition of the Wharton Sports Business Show podcast. And don't forget to check out the full show on Business Radio Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern.